Hello, my name is Gaia Woods. I am an MA candidate in the Clinical Psychology program at Antioch University, Los Angeles, with a specialization in spiritual depth psychology. I am also an MFT trainee at Women's Clinic Counseling Center, where I work under the supervision of Angela Cordova Dunning, MFT, and Carla Becker, MFT. This recording was made to shine light on the perspectives of spiritual depth psychology professors, students, and alumni here at Antioch University, Los Angeles. This recording was made in conjunction with an independent study for the spiritual depth psychology course entitled Life as Practice, Inner Work, Social Responsibility, and Community Service. Hello, Roxy Artabelci, and welcome. Thank you so much for doing this recording with me today. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited to yeah. contribute. Yeah. So if you want to just tell our listeners um, your name and where you're from and where you are in your studies here at Antioch, that would be great. Okay. My name is Roxy. Um, I'm from Los Angeles. I've lived here a majority of my life. Uh, I started Antioch just over a year and a half ago, which means I'm in my seventh quarter. Yeah. Um, and that's almost over, so I'm basically free. <laughs> and you've done seven full-time quarters, so you're yeah. almost done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm almost done. Exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations on almost being done. Thank you. Um, so I'm trying to help people sort of get a sense of what STP sort of is here, and that um, can be helpful to sort of hear about what brought people to the program. So mm -hmm. in your experience, what was what attracted you to want to study STP um, here in Antioch? So I think that question, like, honestly leads into the idea of, like, why I wanted to study psychology at all. Because for mm -hmm. me, my, like, first experience with, like, therapy and the whole process that goes along with it was through like a spiritual in-depth lens mm -hmm. um, when I moved back to LA after living in Boston uh, for a while I had sort of like a shocking like experience trying to reacclimate and I went mm. and saw I didn't even know like what therapy was or anything and somebody was like why don't you go talk to this woman she's interesting yeah um, and I ended up in Jungian analysis and that was like a whole um, journey and after working with her and working with my dreams most specifically mm -hmm. and understanding active imagination and doing a lot of my own processing I ended up uh, finding that that's something that I was really passionate about and mm -hmm. it really altered the way in which I experienced the world around me and so I think that SDP was attractive to me because it was one of the few things that I had ever come across in my life that was able to dramatically change the way I experienced everything. Wow, yeah. And are you, um, you're still doing dream analysis with a Jungian analyst currently? So I worked with her for about six years. And yeah. then um, very recently, like four weeks ago, I had yeah. to stop seeing her because I had to fulfill a requirement actually for Antioch mm, um, yeah. in which I had to see an MFT essentially or someone who was licensed in the state of California mm -hmm. um, to fulfill my like personal psychotherapy hours. So I'm actually taking a break mm -hmm. um, from analysis, but it's also really interesting how that part of the work that we did together like very much follows me. Yeah. So I'm not in like a depth therapy right now. Yeah. I'm doing EMDR, which is like the opposite. Oh, wow. Of Interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, that's really interesting because, like, I can't separate myself from the depth perspective. Yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that's what brought you. It's, it's sort of like in yeah. your blood. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> You're committed. Yeah, yeah. I'm in it. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, and I think we've had a conversation about this a little bit before, um, just with the idea that STP um, can represent different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you spoke a little bit about how you really identify with the Jungian perspective and with dream work. Um, and I'm curious about other areas that SDP, um, like what other areas that represents to you and how, how would you define SDP for yourself in terms of Hmm. sort of a modality? I think, um, I think the spiritual and depth perspective for me is special because it's acknowledging Um, an aspect of self that other parts of my life don't see. Mm, Yeah. So maybe, I mean, unconscious parts could be, like, some language. Yeah, unconscious parts are like, you know, you go go to a regular job, or you go and you hang out with Mm -hmm. your family or your friends, you go to a restaurant, like, every other thing that you do is so based in, like, what is physically around you and like mm-hmm. the reality of every situation is so pressing. Yeah. Like what's the topic of the conversation that we're having? What mm-hmm. is, you know, what are we eating for lunch? Like all of these things that are tangible and visible mm-hmm. and STP speaks to a sensibility that is beyond that. It's like metaphysical in some way. <laughs> yeah. And strange, really strange to try to talk about. Yeah. And so <laughs> amazing that we have a space to do so with such freedom. Like, that's mm-hmm. why I came to Antioch, because I was like, you know what, I want to talk about my dreams. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this, like, weird symbolism that's showing up everywhere, and, like, the fact yeah. that I do tarot cards, and, like, I, you know, the whole <laughs> thing. Yeah. Like, there's a space made for that aspect of my personality where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that at brunch. It's just not happening. <laughs> yeah. It's a very select um, group of people who oh, yeah. are able to have those conversations even. Yeah. Yeah, it's super niche. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, you are seeing clients now, mm-hmm. and I'm curious um, if you, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing, um, but just if you are able to incorporate any of the sort of STP concepts and any of your um, different theories associated with STP, whether it's Jungian or whatever other sort of aspects and how you might use that with your clients or, or if that is something that you are able to use with your clients. Yeah, totally. I think um, the STP perspective is like incredibly salient with most of my clients because yeah. one, the dream thing is huge for me. Yeah. Um, I love to talk about dreams with my clients. I think that it mm-hmm. really informs me about their unconscious position. Mm. And in some ways informs them about their unconscious position. Yeah. Because there's a big space, I think, between what we think and feel um, unconsciously and what we present with, like, consciously. And mm-hmm. so dreams bridge that gap in a really effective way. Yeah. Um, I think mindfulness is helpful, which is, like, an STP thing. I use that a lot with my clients, like, drawing attention. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a, you know, meditation, that sort of thing, which is mm-hmm. the one part of STP that I think really broadened my awareness. Like, I didn't come in with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that was definitely a byproduct of being in this program, like understanding the importance of getting back into your body. Yeah. Before I came here, I was like basically a floating head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea like, that there was like bodily sensations and they meant something and right. you know, how to feel into it. It was like the strangest, uh, most bizarre, literally. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I still am working on it myself, as you can I tell know, by my ugh, literally sad. visceral reaction to the concept uh, of the body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been totally helpful. And then yeah. lastly, I think yeah. like shadow is a huge, mm. like the concept of a shadow. Yeah. And how, um, I want to hear about shadow, but I want to sort of um, ask about specifically how you work with mindfulness with your clients, because that's also something that's come up in these conversations that I've had so far is that um, mindfulness can mean so many different things for so many different people. Right. And it really is an individual um, definition so do you like practice grounding techniques with your clients Mm -hmm. or how do you sort of implement that with um, clients in your work yeah grounding is huge I Mm -hmm. think that I do that with anybody who has like any sort of panic or anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, so just like deep breaths or how does yeah I do like a like a breathing exercise a grounding exercise like plant plant your feet on the ground Mm -hmm. feel you know your seat in the chair your back against the couch Mm -hmm. really notice your points of contact orient yourself feel the you know this idea that you're really being like held by something larger than you Mm. yeah that's really helpful and then mindfulness in not so such a literal way mm-hmm. um, just this idea of being mindful of what you do mm-hmm. like minding what you're doing and right. like bringing awareness like that's a pattern like <laughs> right. when I do that right. I, I am aware that I'm doing that mm-hmm. and there's like the three I think it's like the three A's oh I don't know my, about this oh my god my therapist told me once and she was like my analyst should I say and she was like you know there's three I'm somebody who's like trying to rush through everything I'm like okay I know the problem like I'm off to solve it Catch <laughs> yeah. <you> later. <laughs> and she was like no that's not a thing what you really need to do is there's like a <laughs> awareness which is like noticing there's a pattern or a problem right and then acceptance Oh, yeah. Which is, like, what everybody forgets and what I have no patience for, but, like, in reality is the longest period of the three A's. Mm. Um, and it's, like, oh, like, accepting, like, this exists. This is here. Here's yeah. Here's where it shows up. It shows up in my relationship here and my actions there and at work or wherever. And then the final mm-hmm. one then is action. Oh, okay. Now I can do something about it. Yeah. And that brings it down into manageable pieces, too, yeah. versus just trying to solve everything all at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Interesting. Like, that's, I think, if I were to say what's my concept of mindfulness or doing something mindfully, mm-hmm. is, like, that breakdown. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting because I feel like my question was more um, about what you're doing almost to your clients, Mm -hmm. but it was interesting that you also were talking about how you're able to use mindfulness techniques to sort of ground yourself and Mm -hmm. sort of how, like, that's how I interpreted what you were saying a little bit about, about noticing your clients' patterns and like, you know, like I'm sure working collaboratively with them to raise awareness about them Mm -hmm. and then possibly discussing, you know, action to try and maybe change whatever behaviors aren't working or however you're sort of approaching it. But that's interesting because I took it away as kind of both ways in terms of it can really work for the benefit of the client, but also just in terms of how to be a better therapist and like more grounded. Yeah, that's super interesting. I always think about it as like, I tell them that and I'm like, so go, you know, don't try to put the horse before the carriage, like, oh, yeah, acceptance, then then you can move on to action. But you're totally right. There's a level of acceptance before I can do anything. Yeah. With the clients too. Yeah. 
That's so interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then you had talked about the shadow. I would love to hear how you are able to incorporate that into what is that something that do you kind of just hold that as a concept that you pull from when you're working with clients or is that something that you are able to discuss openly yeah do you use those words Um, I use the word yeah um yeah I guess I'm not afraid of those terms Mm -hmm. and I've noticed that like when I'm not afraid of it and I use it kind of as like a psychoeducation you can't see Mm -hmm. air quotes air quotes psychoeducation (laughs) yeah um, and I'm like, shadow is a thing. Like, right. it exists. This is what it means. Um, yeah. And it's like either parts from from my understanding and my experience. I don't want to like speak for the entire mm-hmm. psychotherapeutic community, but in my understanding, shadow is a, is either a part of self that like I can't tolerate looking at, mm-hmm. so I project onto someone else mm-hmm. unconsciously to become aware of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So like. If I have a friend and she seems, like, needy all the time. Okay. Um, and I'm, like, completely unaware of the ways in which I'm needy. Yeah. Then I'll unconsciously project it onto her and then be like, oh, this needy girl keeps following me around. Right. <laughs> bobbing up everywhere. And then the question, yeah. the invitation with shadow work would be, like, where am I needy? Like, mm-hmm. Where is my neediness? Why right. am I not tending to it? And if I tend to it, will she all of a sudden seem less needy to me? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. I haven't, I didn't think about that last part because I've heard that um, sort of description of, um, and it may be, I feel like it sort of um, spans across different modalities um, mm-hmm. as well, but just the idea that the thing that most triggers you in someone else is the area of yourself that you mm-hmm. really have to work. So if whenever you you're it, you so, bo- yeah. Oh, what is it? If you spot it, you got it. That's terrible. I haven't heard that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But that makes sense about, yeah, just trying to work with it in that way and become aware of it and, yeah. and then really, yeah. I, and I also think that that has been helpful in my personal work and in my work with my clients because mm-hmm. it's a meaning-making thing, mm, Yeah, which is like, this person is in my life, she's annoying, but mm-hmm. there's meaning in it. Like, there is a reason. It's not, right. it, it keeps you away from the position of like, oh, everything's terrible. Mm-hmm. Because although something might be uncomfortable, yeah. there is a reason, there is a meaning. Right. And really, I mean, yeah, another way to talk about that, too, is the idea that, you know, if you are projecting that there's some reason that you're projecting that it's it can be also labeled in terms of a defense. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that you're, you know, defending against something. And so you're noticing, like you said, all these qualities that you may possess. And then that's so interesting, though, that I haven't heard it phrased like that, that if you are able to raise awareness about your own shadow projections, that then whoever might seem like the annoying, needy person in your life, you have a completely different perspective of, perhaps. So that's really interesting. That's been my personal experience. It, like, dissipates. Yeah. Wow. Wow. They're so strangely lovable now. Yeah. Oh, no, it's because I've made friends with that part of my own personality, so I can tolerate looking at this person. Yeah. It's not, like, activating me when I'm with her. Right. Oh, that's fascinating. Cool. This is another question just about what has been, if there has been anything that's been surprising for you about working with this lens um, of SDP or sort of Jungian psychology or however you would frame your work with clients. Yeah. (laughs) I think working from this lens is a way of giving you away. Does that make sense? It like works around your defenses Mm. in a way that like, you can't defend against your dream. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right. it gives you away. Like, if we're talking yeah. about your dream, like, it's all there. Yeah, that's true. And you can, you can obviously, you know, 
wish it away. Be like, oh no, that's not what it means, or that's not how I experience it. Right, and right. That's fine, but yeah, like it's been said or it's been put out there, and that yeah. has been my like greatest. That's I think why I appreciate mm-hmm. this lens because it's naming something mm-hmm. that is easy to explain away in any other perspective. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, cool. I'm just trying to like pull from examples of my own experience working with clients and that and trying to see if I, I don't have anything like yeah, coming up but like, that's an interesting yeah when yeah, I think of it yeah I'm trying to think yeah. of an example too of like how a dream has pointed to something that maybe a client didn't want to touch oh yeah um I think my experience of that has been like if somebody dreams of someone else, mm-hmm. then unconsciously, you know, that person is up for them, or what that person represents is up mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. What about with? Um, this is totally just um, a curiosity question on my uh, on my end, but what about with nightmares? Because I feel like those are really challenging to interpret, and I know also mm-hmm. with Jungian dream um, analysis, it there's not a finite answer. There's not. You know, it doesn't oh, yeah. like a spider doesn't represent one thing, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you found that it's challenging working with nightmares with clients because of the sort of possibly disturbing elements mm-hmm. of dreams? Does that make sense? Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever had a client been like hmm. frame something as a nightmare. I, oh. I, I've, I've had them say, like, oh, it was a scary dream, mm-hmm. and then like, exploring why it's scary, what makes it scary, in some way reveals the meaning. Mm. Yeah. And also, the thing is with dream work is that, like, the only experience or training that I have is, like, Mm -hmm. the experience that I've had with my own dreams. Mm. So, that being said, I'm not, like, a forum, (laughs) by no means an expert. Yeah. All I can say is that I know that the symbols for my dreams are significant because they come from my own psyche. Mm-hmm. And something coming from my own psyche oftentimes seems far more powerful than something I read in a book or something mm-hmm. that somebody else is trying to tell me. Yeah. And I think that's why it's powerful with clients because they're like, oh, that came from me. That was right. my mind creating that single mm-hmm. symbol. Like, this is something I really think and feel right. instead of me as the therapist trying to constantly put things on them or suggest things or yeah yeah, yeah. Like, do you want to try on this you know yeah <laughs> cluster of symbols like, here's an interpretation does this resonate with you yeah, yeah. whereas like Definitely. if it comes from themselves it's like it is what it is yeah you know, they're more readily ready to accept it yeah definitely interesting well and I guess this could go this next question is just sort of about the idea of SDP trying to work with cultural diversity and multiculturalism sort of within Antioch. And I wonder within the sort of courses that are, you know, part of the SDP program here. And I wonder how that has translated into your work with clients, if at all, if that has come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't taken so many of the multicultural courses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know how it, that portion of the curriculum is informed Mm -hmm. my understanding I do know that from the STB classes and from Antioch in general like even society and the individual like those classes the Mm -hmm. like level of respect I have for the multicultural perspective is huge Mm -hmm. Um, and also being someone who was like born 
in a community, like, essentially of immigrants mm-hmm. and having parents who are not from here, I understand, mm-hmm. like, firsthand how being from another country or having a culture that is not, like, completely American mm-hmm. um, affects you. Yeah. And I think that that's huge. I think that from a Jungian perspective, there's, like, a large respect for multiculturalism just based on, like, symbol interpretation. Like, if you... If, mm-hmm. if, I dream of this symbol or this symbol comes up for me mm-hmm. how it relates to like my multicultural like my cultural orientation mm-hmm. would change the significance of the symbol right yeah well and I guess the question that I'm sort of um trying to pull out of my own question mm-hmm. is just the idea of you know like narrative therapy for example has built into it the idea of looking at the dominant discourse mm-hmm. versus you know other sort of narratives and I'm just curious about if SDP for you has any similar ways of doing that. So that's what it's sort of having yeah. a hard time verbalizing that, but that's sort of my question. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. Um, and I would say that it, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. For me. And, and yeah. the reason that I say that is because I mm-hmm. feel like the SDP appeals to a universality mm-hmm. um, that I find comforting. Mm-hmm. So although there is obviously room for multiculturalism and like sure. there has to be awareness around that, right. I think the part of like the spiritual and depth perspective that speaks to me mm-hmm. is that like no matter where you are or who you are, there's certain things that are like universal in nature. Yeah. And, like, archi- like, archetypal. And right. <laughs> archetypal in nature. Yeah. Um, meaning they like exist in all of us and none of us at the same time. Right. So it's almost like it's built into the fabric of SDP, so that maybe that's why I'm having a hard time yeah. trying to even ask the question because it seems like that's sort of what SDP stands for is just the idea of multicultural, like that's mm-hmm. just built into the fabric. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's this idea that we're like all in a collective mm-hmm. unconscious space with one another. Right. And so like that concept of the collective unconscious accounts mm-hmm. for things that exist within all of us and like right. our connecting feature. And I actually yeah. think that that's why I like SDP because I don't really mm-hmm. need to know so very much about a specific culture to be mm-hmm. able to connect with a person from there. I need mm-hmm. to know about like archetypal energies and experiences mm-hmm. that inform everybody regardless of their culture. Right. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'm glad that we got that question because that one I was having such a hard time formulating. So, yeah. yeah. It's a really good question. You're asking oh. such great oh. questions. Oh, why thank you. Flattery yeah. gets you everywhere. So I guess in my last couple of questions, it's a little bit of an open-ended one again. Basically, book recommendations or um, film recommendations or anything that you sort of pull from to help sort of feed your own interest in SDP. And maybe it's books that you've read for classes or maybe your supervisor recommends books that you like or just anything that you are finding pleasure in. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I really love Robert Johnson. Mm, Yeah. His books are like... 40 to 70 pages, <laughs> yeah. which for me is ideal. Um, <laughs> so it's like quick and yeah. like a really nice way to understand some really, really big concepts. Mm-hmm. And I think he like kind of breaks it up. There's one yeah. called Winning Your Own Shadow, which I Oh, love. that one's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually my supervisor just gave me one called Her. Starting to get into that one. And those are great. Mm-hmm. They're like quick, easy, like mm-hmm. informative 
wonderful to read. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I also think that one of the really fun things about STP and like that person, the depth perspective has kind of been um, typology, mm. trying to understand it more. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a class about it like outside of school. Oh. Um, and that's been really interesting. Like, yeah. Knowing your typology and knowing how that um, kind of informs your personality. Yeah. Where is this class outside of school? So my actually my old and my analyst that I was seeing before she teaches it. Mm-hmm. She teaches it. It's it's a really interesting experience because she teaches it in Farsi, mm-hmm. which is like not my first language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but like, you have enough of an understanding that you can. Yeah. yeah. I have an un- I have an understanding. I guess. Maybe it is technically my first language because my parents would. I learned it alongside English. Mm. I just don't know it as well. I'm not like. I would yeah. say conversational, not fluent. Yeah. Um, and having her teach it, I take that class with my mom. Aww. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. It's like our mother daughter activity. Adorable. Um, and and, underst- and taking it in a different language is like altered my understanding because it's forcing yeah. my brain to work differently. Yeah. Which like, kind of actually treads into like cognitive behavioral plan. Oh yeah, that's true. Of, like how learning something in a different language is a different experience of learning. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, I just know it's different. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage people to like look up their typology and try to understand because yeah. um, it's been eye-opening to like look at myself in that way in that lens yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah I haven't done that at all that's something that's, that's sort of cool. on Do my you know to-do list I don't really you should no. I know it's like a hundred questions but yeah I am an extroverted intuitive thinker extroverted intuitive Two. thinker that makes sense from what I know of you <laughs> yeah I would agree it, with that it's interesting yeah. right so it's like I think from that it means that intuition is like my strongest Trait, trait or yeah what are they called? Um, yeah what are they called i don't know damn <laughs> you're called uh... do you know what it's called in farsi no 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 i know what it's called in english what is it well i'm um, leading oh the function oh the function okay yeah. yeah intuition is my leading function then it goes thinking mm-hmm. and then feeling and then sensation mm-hmm. is in the gutter okay which sensation circle... is in the gutter oh that makes sense with which You're being a floating back, head yeah, at the beginning of grad like, school. Can't feel anything. Don't even know what <laughs> right. that means. Right. Interesting. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to add in the end? Any other closing remarks? Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank so you. Fun. It was so wonderful to pick your brain a little bit and hear about your experience here. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. This project is made with the assistance and supervision of Professor Jacqueline Pinn, Antioch University, and the Spiritual Depth Psychology Program here at Antioch University, Los Angeles.